Hi friends, I'm Ron Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for episode six of the Jesus Society podcast, a conversation exploring relationship, renewal, and purpose in the kingdom of God. Uh, Today is Monday, uh, March 30th, uh, 2020, or at least it will be when you're listening to this. Um, Today's going to be a little bit different show. We're going to kind of pause from our our, uh, look at the the story of the Bible. Um, And the reason... The reason we're doing this, I had a I had an episode I recorded yesterday that was supposed to drop um, uh, on um, on Monday the thirtieth, and last night uh, I, I just got to thinking of it. I, I got a few texts from some friends that um, um, are experiencing some some real difficulty um, because. Uh, of all this, uh, I saw them as all all of you did the the jobless um, uh, rate in America. We, we've got uh, over three million people unemployed now. Um, a lot of it due to this um, this COVID nineteen, and it just it just really started to hit me that there's a lot of people um, hurting right now because of this in the in the uncertainty. Um, the the fear the anxiety um, loss of jobs loss of income um, and I, I thought maybe there were some things that, that that we should talk about that are maybe more important at the moment than um, the stuff we were going to talk about we're gonna I'm gonna hold that episode um, and we'll we'll play it next week uh, I think. Um, but I wanted to talk about some stuff today, and really I wanted to kind of share a little bit of my personal story, um, because I think it, re- it relates to some of this. So um, we have to go back to 2008 for this. Um, we, uh, we had been living in uh, Indiana, no, sorry, Pennsylvania. We've moved around a lot, I can't remember where I lived when. Uh, we were living in, uh, in Pennsylvania and I was doing ministry there, and we left um, in um, in August, I think, of uh, 2008, and we moved to Texas, and we were doing that to um, uh, finish up a little more graduate work for me in school, but here's the thing. Um, we put our house on the market. We, we, felt, we felt convinced um, that the Lord wanted us to move to Texas, it took about a year to convince us of that. Um, but we finally got convinced, and so we put our house on the market. Um, things in our neighborhood, we had a, we had a decent house. It, you know, it wasn't terribly fancy, but it was a nice house um, in a good neighborhood. Um, our neighbor, our next door neighbor, had a house that was built um, by the same builder um, back in the day. And it it looked almost identically identical to to ours. He put his house in the market because he was moving to. His house sold in a week, and so we thought we got this. This is a this is a piece of cake. This is our house is going to sell. Well, we put it on the market, and a few weeks went by and it didn't sell. And we were kind of getting ready to to move, and we thought, no big deal. This thing is going to sell. Um, let, we'll just go ahead and move. Uh, we left the, the the keys with a friend of ours and thought, if, you know, if anything happens, he can get in there and do, do whatever he needs to do. 
So we moved to Texas, and right after we moved to Texas, we we arrived in Texas on um, on August 18th, and I remember that because it, that was my mother's birthday, and she was we were moving far away from her, and she was not happy about that, and she said it wasn't a very good birthday present. But um, right after we moved was when the real estate market crashed in 2008. And a lot of you uh, were probably affected by that as well. We had no way of knowing that that was going to happen. So needless to say, the house didn't sell. Um, we got to Texas. My wife got a job pretty quickly, but it wasn't a real high-paying job. I was going to be in school. Um, I ended up um, taking a little student worker job um, for the university where I was at, making a little bit of money, but we were struggling. And we, because the house didn't sell, we very, very quickly got to the point that we could not continue to make mortgage payments on the house in Pennsylvania and pay rent and so forth um, where we were living in Texas. Now, you know, I had I had always been raised. You you don't you don't um, you know you don't make you don't fail to make payments. You pay your bills. You be responsible. You do all that stuff. Um, and um, I had been raised in kind of a culture of. You know, if you if you don't do that, or if you can't do that, it really reflects poorly on you. And there's a lot of shame, and you should be ashamed of yourself for not paying your bills. And and so I had a, I had an awful lot of baggage um, wrapped up in in that kind of stuff. And on top of that, we were we were just not quite making enough to live. Um, we had sort of put it all on the line uh, to do this, and we were struggling. And I cannot. I cannot explain to you adequately. I don't think the the fear and the anxiety and the sometimes just abject terror that we were all living under, um, trying to figure out that there were there were you know and this went like our situation there in this sort of poverty land lasted for over a year. Um, the, the, the anxiety was, was tremendous. Um, the, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt, the, the, you know, the questions about God, right? Um, Lord, you led us here. We, we, we just really felt like we were following your will and now we're, we're going to be destitute and, and, you know, we may not be able to pay our rent and we're going to lose our, lose our place to live. We're going to be homeless and, and our credit rating is going to, is going to go uh, south and we're going to have all these bad things. And we don't even know if we're going to be able to feed ourselves if we pay these bills. And, and what happens if something goes bad with the car and what happens if one of us has a medical problem and, 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 you know, and it was, it was an absolute white knuckle ride for us through that time. And where was God in all this? Why, Lord, would you lead us into this only to, to let us end in this, in this pit of despair and, and uncertainty and, and how are we going to make ends meet and all that? I suspect maybe some of you are starting to feel that way. Uh, maybe you've lost a job. 
maybe you have, um, like some people have been asked to take a 50 or 60 or 70% pay cut and you've got a wife at home with the kids and she's not working um, or, you know, any one of an, a, a, a number of other scenarios. Um, what are you going to do? And I, and I imagine you, you, some of you may be feeling that. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you what we learned during this period. Um, as it turned out, the Lord was with us right through all of it. And I've got a journal um, sitting right over there, 10 feet away from me, where I kept a journal during that time. Um, the ways in which the Lord found creative ways to take care of us is nothing short of miraculous during that time. Um, we didn't we didn't know he was going to do that. You know, and, and we knew all the scriptures, right? You know, um, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. Um, there was a, there's a, there's a passage in Psalm 37 that I have, I've always heard and kind of relied on, right? It says, I am young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their descendants begging bread. You know, and I believe that. Um, there's, a, there's a passage, and I was thinking about this this morning because um, we were, uh, we were, um, let me see, where can I, I thought I had this, I thought I had this here. It's, uh, I'm going to have to find it again. I'll, I'll pull it up on the computer. It's Psalm, um, Psalm 33, verse 22. And we have a we have a shower curtain in our bathroom, and it has scriptures on it. And this I was sitting there, standing there brushing my teeth this morning, and I, and I just glanced over and I saw this, and uh, it just really stuck with me. But the, it's it says, um, if it will come up here on my computer, it says, "May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you." Okay, so there's you know there's things like this all through Scripture, and we and we we rely on them, and we and we say them, and we draw encouragement from them, and 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 those things are great. That's good, and and we knew a lot of those in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But you know what we found and what we learned is that those those things are true in a way that we had never experienced at least at least in the way that we did um, god showed up in remarkable ways during that time um, there was a there was a time you know and we didn't we didn't tell a lot of people how bad off we were because we were ashamed right we were ashamed of that we couldn't pay our bills and, and uh, you know, uh, shame is a shame is a cancer. But we didn't tell a lot of people. You know, we we acted, we put on our our public face, and we acted like everything's fine, everything is normal, everything is good. But we were living in terror, 
And week by week, we didn't, we just did not know how we were going to make it month by month. There was a month where I think we, we were living in a little apartment. So I think rent was, if I remember, it was like $800 or something. And we, we had part of that, but we didn't have the whole thing. And we, it was getting very close to the first of the month. And we were about $300 short, if I remember right. And we were just, you know, just, oh, anxiety, fear, shame, all that stuff was just killing us. And we did not know how we were going to make that work. And the day before the first, we got a call from the uh, the front office at our little apartment. And they said, we just want to let you know um, when you come in tomorrow to pay your rent that um, you you don't, you don't need to pay at all. Um, you can bring three hundred dollars less. Somebody has somebody um, has come in and paid three hundred dollars of your rent this month. We didn't we didn't tell anybody, at least not that we remembered. But somebody came in and paid exactly the amount that we were in the hole. Um, there was another time during that period that we were uh, we were in bad shape and we had some extra expenses and there was some and, and we were oh gosh there were so many times like this and we didn't know how things were going to work out and, and the mail arrives one day and there was a check in the mail for $1,500 from a university that I had attended four years earlier. And, and the, the letter said, we're terribly sorry. We, this, should, this money should have been returned to you, you know, four years ago when you were here. And we we're really sorry. But, you know, here, this was an overage. It was a bad accounting thing on our end, blah, 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 blah. Um, Please accept our, our, you know, humble apologies. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good um, guy at keeping track of finances, right? Like, I, I keep track of, to the penny, a lot of times, where we're at and where... And if there's money due, <laughs> I know it, right? I, if there was $1,500 that I was owed... It escaped me, right? Um, for four and four years, four years. Um, but there it was. Now you can't, you couldn't have planned that. You couldn't have, you know. Yeah, it was. As it turned out, it was legit. It was legit. And I just still to this day here in 2020, I cannot believe that I overlooked that somehow. That I did not know about that. But it came right at a time when we desperately needed it. And I could not have planned that. I could not have anticipated that. What I learned, what we learned, what our family learned, is that God has such wonderful ways, creative ways, ways that are so far beyond our ability to anticipate or plan for or even understand 
of taking care of us. And what we, what we learned, and there was story after story after story. There, so another, another time, another, another story. Um, we, were, we were desperate. Another month when we were absolutely at our, at our end. And I got up and went to, um, there was a place on campus that um, had a little, little quiet places where people could go and pray. They were little soundproof rooms. Um, with with a you know maybe have a cross on the wall and a and a, a little little tiny desk and a little chair and you could go in there and just have some real quiet time and you could sing uh, at the top of your voice if you wanted to and nobody else could hear it because they were soundproof and it was it, it was a little refuge for me I, I, I would go there every morning that was my little quiet place and we were we had had a big conversation that morning about what in the world are we going to do as we were we we needed more money than we had and i i went into that that little quiet room that morning and i i just started bawling before the lord lord what are we going to do how are we going to make this work what is oh how is you know i need we need you father we need you to come through and and help us in this. What we so so I, I figured out how to tell this story. Um, the the very next day, as my wife was leaving work, um, one of her coworkers, um, she worked at the university that I was going to school at. One of her coworkers, as she was walking to her car, one of her coworkers um, ran out and hollered at her. And, and said, hey, stop, wait, wait a minute. And she, um, she stuffed an envelope into my wife's hand. And um, she told her not to open it until, you know, she got home. Well, my wife got home and opened it. And there was, I don't know, $1,300 or something like that in, in that. I've got it written in my journal. I can tell you the exact amount, but that's not the really important part. And we started, we started piecing this together. And at the exact moment, the day before, when I was crying to the Lord and, and begging him to help us in some way, at that exact moment, my wife had just gotten to work. And she was, she was upset too. But she was the first one into her office that day. And she was at her desk. And this coworker walked by. And saw something on my wife's face, and, and popped her popped her head in the in the my wife's office, and said, "What's the matter?" And my wife just started crying, and she told her the whole story. Well, this this lady, this coworker, she spent that whole day running all over campus, talking to everybody she could, and she said, "Look, what a." I'm going to cry just telling, telling the story. She said, one of our own is hurting. And I want to take up a donate, donation. And everybody on campus donated. And that, that the genesis for that happened at the exact moment that I was praying. Things like that, like, you know, just checks materializing out of the air, um, 
things we couldn't anticipate, the kindness of others. the And you know what? We never missed a meal during that time. Um, we, we managed to pay our rent every month. If there was a, if there was a car problem, we were able to pay it. Um, if there was a, if there was a, a medical thing, um, we were able to pay it. Our house finally did sell. Um, it was, and it sold, um, we had to do a short sale on it, um, but it sold about two weeks before it was scheduled to go for a sheriff sale, right? And, um, and and here here's another crazy funny thing, not funny, just unbelievable. When the whole mortgage thing finally shook out, when all the mortgage bills were paid and everything, we ended up getting a check from the mortgage company for about a thousand bucks for some sort of weird overage. You know, on a on a house that sold short sale that we hadn't made a mortgage payment on in months, um, like unbelievable but when the balance sheets finally fixed themselves they sent us money so here's here's what we learned here's what we learned in all this the lord is a good good god and he loves us desperately and he really will take care of us like he says he will in scripture right um, and we, we learned trust that we did not, you know, we knew the Lord loves us, but, but, you know, you learn trust when you have to trust, right? If you don't have to trust, you, you don't learn it, right? We, so we learned a level of trust. We, we learned, you know, when you step out into the abyss and you learn that he really will catch you. Like it changes your life. You you learn that you can trust him in a way that you never really knew you could. And and I don't know any other way to get get there. But to go through some hard times and learn that he's really he really is there. He's a real God. He's not just he's not just this person we read about but who is largely absent and inactive, he's there. He's real. And you can trust him. Now, I made some mistakes. I still think about this. Um, there was one, there was a time early on in this uh, period in, in 2008. Um, we were getting ready for, we'd made it a few months down there, and we were getting ready for the next semester. And I took out a little student loan to kind of help pay some of them. I had a really, really good scholarship, so I didn't need a lot. But I took out a little bitty student loan to, to kind of pay for some of that. But as I was, I can remember, like if I close my eyes, I can see myself right now sitting in front of that computer filling out the, 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 the loan form online. And at the last minute before I hit the send button, I added two or three thousand dollars extra to that loan request, which I which I could I could do, and I was I was a you know we'd already seen the Lord work in some of these ways, but I was still afraid. I was still clinging to my to my fear and my desperation and my desire to try to make 
something happen on my own. And you know, when you're when you're when you're poor and you're in bad shape, um, taking on additional debt is a bad idea, right? And I knew this, but I could do it, and I did. And I knew the moment I hit that button that it was the wrong thing to do. But I did it anyway. And for, because for me, at that moment in time, it was a lack of trust. It was, it was me trying to fix my own stuff in a, in a bad way rather than let the Lord carry me through. And I have regretted that ever since. And I'm still paying on that silly, stupid thing. But the truth is God loves you. God loved us in the midst of that. We live in a, we live in a world where bad things happen. They just do. It's a, we live in a broken, fallen world. There's, there's things that just happen. Um, you know, we, we cannot live a pain-free life. God doesn't promise us a pain-free life. Um, Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. And so uh, a vibrant, healthy, loving relationship with God doesn't mean you're not going to struggle at times. God doesn't protect us always from bad things when they happen, right? Look through history. Look in your own lives. Um, God, doesn't, God doesn't promise us that, that you know, if we, if we love him and trust him and follow him, that we're going to have this pain-free life. There is no pain-free life right? But God's purposes will be fulfilled anyway. And God will shepherd you through the hard times. He will carry you when he, when he needs to. He really will. He really is there. And he will show up. There is a, there is a peace that passes understanding. You know, that, that verse in, in uh, Philippians, uh, the peace that passes understanding. That's an interesting phrase. Well, what, is a, what is a peace that passes understanding? It's not peace when everything is going well. You know, there is kind of a peace when, when everything is going well and you're fat and sassy and, and you got money in the bank and, and food in the freezer and toilet paper in the, pant- in the pantry, Right. Um, there's a there's a peace when everything's okay and you're taken care of and everybody's healthy and there there is a certain peace there. But that's that's easy to understand, right? That that's not a peace that defies understanding. The peace that defies understanding is the peace you have in the midst of the storm when things aren't going well, when things are look. To, 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 to the visible eye, very uncertain. We had a lot more peace in 2008, 2009 than we knew about. God, God had us in the palm of his hand. We didn't believe it. We didn't know it. We didn't understand it. We did not, we didn't, if we're honest, we just didn't really believe that he was going to take care of us. We believe that it was all up to us. You know, and we live in a country here in, in, in the U.S. of A., and I love the U.S. of A., 
We live in a country that prides ourselves on lifting your up, yourself up by your own bootstraps and working hard and making your own way. And none of that is bad. But there's a, there's a reality that goes beyond that, right? And the, this, there, is a, there is a God who we can rely on who will, who will take care of us if we just trust him. And we don't have to wring our hands and we don't have to sweat and we don't have to have a white knuckle ride through things. And I can, I can tell you, once we got on the other side of, of that, God did his work in us in, in those years. And we have never faced difficulty. We've had difficulty since then. Um, you could say that there's a, there's a little patch of difficulty we're going through right now. Um, and it's, it has nothing to do with coronavirus. But what we found is we don't face this the same. We don't face difficulty and hardship the way we did back then. We are able to face it. And, and I'm not saying this to say, I'm not patting myself on the back or my, my wife on the back. I could pat her on the back. She's a better person than I am. Um, but this isn't because we're such, this wonderful, super spiritual people we're able to face this kind of stuff differently now because we've already seen the Lord carry us through it. Like we know we can trust him in a way that we did not know back in 2008. And, and the way you have peace that passes understanding, the way you have peace in the midst of pain in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of fear, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of trial, is by trust. So, so what I would say um, to those of you, if you're if you're in a if you're in the place today where we were back in two thousand eight, boy, I I could not be more sympathetic. I, I I my heart hurts for you. My heart hurts for you. I know where you're at. I know. I know the things that keep you awake at night. I know how hard this is because we've been through this. I know and I understand and, and I'm, I am praying for all of you who are in those situations right now. But here's the thing. If I could, if I could offer any encouragement at all, I would say, uh, you know, because some, some of the things, some of the times when we face difficulty, it really causes us to question God, right? Well, if God really loved me, he, you know, he wouldn't let me go through this. Or, or uh, probably there's, the reason I'm going through this is because I've done something to, to displease God and he's punishing me. You know, we have all this, this garbage thinking that goes through our heads during times like this. And those things, those, those thoughts, those, those presuppositions about what God must do if he really loves me, those things are never helpful, and they and they they slam the door on relationship with God. So, what I would encourage you to do is instead of instead of letting that kind of thinking sort of take sway in your life, look for God in the midst of of your hurt and your confusion and your uncertainty and your doubt. Um, look for Him; He's there. He really is there. Lean into him in the midst of your, um, of your uncertainty and your fear. 
look for him to show up because he's he's there. And it'll look different for you than it did for me. God God deals with us all as individuals. And he deals with us according to the way he's made us and the and the, the personalities we have and and he the way he will be there for you uh, may, may be very different than the way he is was there for us. But he will be there. I feel as certain, I feel like I can say that with as much certainty as, as, a, as there is about my own name, right? God will be there for you and he will carry you through this and, and you will emerge on the other side of this if you, if you allow yourself to engage him during this. You will emerge from this with a, with a trust that you didn't have before because you will have seen him work and you will have seen the things that he wants to do in your heart in the midst of all this and it'll be good. It'll be good. He will take care of you. He will love you. He will be there for you if you look for him if you open yourself up to him and if you make yourself available to him. I don't know any other way to say it than that, but I, I want to I just encourage you with that. Don't despair because it's so easy to despair with all this. Trust the Lord and he will be there for you and he will make your path straight. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I hope you'll be with us again next week. Um, I'm going to skip my normal stuff that I say at the end of a, of a podcast, but please stay safe. Um, practice good social distancing. Wash your hands. Do all the things that, we're, that we know we're supposed to do. Pray. Lean in to God's presence because he's there. And try to take care of some people who may not have it as well as you, as you do. Uh, check on the elderly. Check on the poor. Okay? Thanks for listening. I hope you'll be back. And remember, you really are greatly loved.